And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Michelle Peterson, a mother-baby nurse for 41-plus years. At the age of 15, she had a visionary, out-of-body, near-death experience that led her to the skirts of the heavenly realm and back. Michelle, thank you for joining me today, and welcome. Yes, wonderful to be here. Thank you. Michelle, let's start on the day that your NDE happened. Let's go back to two weeks before that. I, uh, my mother was, was an atheist. She lived to be 96 years old and she was an atheist to the day that she died. And I was seeking for something, a higher power than myself. Uh, it was in the middle of the summer. It was in a 90 degree weather. Um, and I was fasting. I was depressed. I was 15 years old, President Kennedy had been uh, killed uh, a few years before that and murdered. And uh, I looked up to him when he was on TV, we, I just would stop. And he, you knew he loved the American country. You knew he loved the people of, of America and that he was trying to make a difference. So even as a young child, uh, no other politician made an impression upon me as he as he did. So I I was a teenager. President Kennedy had been murdered, and I knew he'd been murdered. Everybody cried that day, and um, they sent us home halfway through the school day, and the flag was at half mast, and they sent us home, and. Uh, I'll never forget watching the TV screen that day and everybody was just weeping and crying. And then my mother would put the five o'clock news on every single night of my life growing up. And I knew that this world was not a safe world to be in. President Kennedy had been murdered. I would watch the screen. And at that time, in the as I approached high school, I was in the 70s, early 70s late 60s <clears throat> and there were riots at the college campuses and i was scared to death i was um it was 1969 i was 15 years old i was scared to death of getting out into the world on my own and i i just felt i was anorexic i fasted for two weeks every night i would in fact i was angry and depressed and I was being bullied as a child because I had a broken nose and kids would make fun of me and, and growing up. And, and so I just thought, you know, what is life all about? I'm scared to get out there on my own someday. <clears throat> and I just thought, is there a God? <clears throat> and um, I was not in a, a religious family at all. And so I was fasting. I remember looking up into the sky, no clouds, and I took my fist. It's a terrible thing that I did. And I shook it to the sky and I said, is there a God? And I says, it was almost in defiance and anger. And I said, is there a God? If there is, I'm gonna find you. If not, life isn't worth living. So I was at that crossroads, you know, seeking. So I fasted for two weeks even though my mother was an atheist she'd given me this little king james bible with a white leather cover and i was reading in it and i fasted not eating hardly anything not drinking very much water 90 degree weather summer not going to school it was the summer vacation and from what i've been told i was probably very dehydrated and close to uh, having <clears throat> you know an occurrence and that I was dehydrated. And what happened was <clears throat> towards the end of my near-death experience, basically I, my heart contracted <clears throat> and I found myself outside of my body. So I'd gotten on my knees and my mother had said, even though I'm an atheist, I'm gonna give you this Bible. I don't want you be, to be a complete heathen and I want you to learn the Lord's Prayer. 
And so I didn't have anything to go by, but I looked at the words of the Bible that said the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and I said, well, in my own inner dialogue, I thought, you know, I understand what the Father is. I understand what the Son is, but what is the Holy Spirit? And as I sat there and pondered, I got a telepathic response from God from within. And I'd never heard voices at all in my entire life. I've never heard God's voice since that day. But on that day, I heard a baritone resonance of God's communication to me telepathically. <clears throat> and <clears throat> he said to me, I will tell you, but I will tell you in mine own time. And his voice thundered. It was the most powerful voice I'd ever heard in my entire life. It almost echoed. And I, there was 100% knew it was from God, the God source within our heart that we each have within our soul. And so I felt this love, just a mantle of love, just kind of like a shower come over me. And it was an unconditional love. <clears throat> and I sat there with the light on in my room. And I said to myself, well, it was like his words were like a contract written on my heart. I knew that he would tell me what the Holy Spirit was. But then I thought in his own time, how strange. And I thought, well, that could be five minutes from now or five years from now. And little did I know it would take my whole life, probably eternity. But, you know, I was a child, I was a kid. So I, I, I put the Bible on this, my side table because I was in my bedroom. I'd already gotten into bed, sitting in my bed. I turned the light out and put my head on the pillow. And the next thing I know, uh, my, the door to my bedroom was closed. There was a shade on my window. My, my bedroom was completely, completely black, except for the little bit of light underneath the door the shine in the room, just a tiny little, you know, half inch. And I felt a presence in my room. It was a shadowy presence, it, but it was the silhouette of a person. And I felt it was a male, uh, the feeling of a male presence. Uh, I sat straight up in my bed and looked at it. And then I was just totally terrified. And I closed my eyes. It had robes on. The entity had robes on. And as it approached my bed, I could hear the rustling of the robes. And I didn't even have time to turn the light back on. So I was sitting up in bed, pitch black in my room. And then all of a sudden, I felt a hand on the top of my head. But it was the hand of a spirit, not a physical. And another hand very gentle on my uh, right shoulder. And it was very calming. The fear went away. And from there, I, my spirit left my body, and, but I was still tethered to it. So I was out of my body, and I was taken to this beautiful forest. It was the most beautiful forest, but the trees were the tallest trees I'd ever seen in my entire life. And the foliage on the top of the trees was so thick that you couldn't see the sky. And as, you, as I stood there, uh, rays of light were coming through and as I looked at the rays of light, I looked down to the ground and there was a little creek of water there. And there was this flower that was very, I, I've always loved wildflowers. I grew up on a beautiful uh, country lake and I've always been very close to nature. One of my favorite things is wildflowers. Um, the flower had a stem that was all oh, about 12 inches tall. It had come up and then it went back down and came back up again, like it was trying to get to the light. And there were four purple petals on it and a beautiful little white, yellowish white center. And, and there was a breeze and it was kind of very vulnerable going like this. And I was shown that I was like that flower. It was like a, God was showing me a parable of my life that I was seeking the light. And then I looked 
at the creek and I looked at the water and it was the most clearest water I'd ever seen. And I grew up on a lake, uh, freshwater lake. I, you know, swam in the summers, had a beautiful life uh, growing up. We, we would water ski in, in the summer, in the winter we would ice skate. Uh, I was quite, quite lucky in my childhood, looking back. And as I looked at this creek, my soul merged with the water. I know that scriptures talk about the living waters, the river of life, and I was one with it. Um, and as I was inside the current of the water, it went from a creek to a river and I could feel the current of the water going through me. And it was like the, the spirit that was standing by me that had the hand on the, my head was that water was going through me like a shower of water, but it was like being baptized from inside out rather than to be baptized physically. My soul was being baptized and it felt very, very, um, you know, the presence of unconditional love. And it went from every cell of my soul from head to toe. And it got very, very strong. I started to hear a rushing in my ear, like the, like I knew that river was going to go into a waterfall. And I thought, oh my gosh. And, and it was so powerful, it became painful. And then I opened up my eyes. And the forest was gone. And the pain went away from the discomfort of that powerful surging of water going through me. And I found myself in a white cloud. And the, it was the brightest light I'd ever seen. I'd never seen anything, but it didn't hurt my eyes. And I was just in, consumed by this blissful state of love. And I had no idea where my soul was, but I definitely wasn't in, it wasn't inside my body, physical body, and I wasn't, it wasn't on earth. <laughs> so I never saw a tunnel or anything. Uh, it was like that I was just transported straight there. And as I looked at it, I, I had no idea what it was. Uh, never heard an, of a near-death experience before. That was not something that anybody talked about. And then all of a sudden, an entity of God came through the white cloud. I didn't see the whole body, but, but the right arm of God came out of that. It was like, it was like the, there was a veil between our reality, our dimension, and on the other side of that veil was heaven. And the arm, the right arm of God came through from shoulder to the tip of his hand. And it had a white belled sleeve on it. And the sleeve kind of hung down like this. And all I could see was his hand. And I, I looked, well, I could see the whole arm. I looked at the palm of the hand and I, I thought, is there, specifically, is there a nail mark? Was it Jesus? And though I was never brought up in a religious home, I knew who Jesus was. And uh, there was no nail mark. So I thought, okay, this is the father. And I thought, I'm being offered a chance to go home. And so I started to reach for his hand. As I did that, my heart had a piercing pain in it. It was like my whole physical heart was just going to, it was like there was a, a tether between my soul and my body. And I hadn't, hadn't clinically died, but I felt like my physical heart was gonna just explode. And I knew that if, I, if my palm had gone into the palm of the, the right hand of God, that I could have crossed over into a, a different dimension. And it was so painful. I brought my hand back and put it over the, my palm over my heart. And I said, Father, forgive me, I'm not ready to come home yet. And when that happened, that white cloud just went away and I was in a void. I was in the a deepest, most black, dark expanse. Um, the Bible talks about the valley of the shadow of death. And now that I'm older, I think what I uh, might be, be what they call 
another name for it is called the void. There was no life there. I didn't feel that warm, unconditional love. I felt nothing. I had merged with the darkness. So my soul had merged with the light and now I was merged with complete darkness. There was no life there. You couldn't hear a pin drop. You couldn't hear birds singing. No life whatsoever. Just nothingness. And I, 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 I sat there thinking, you know, what just happened? And then all of a sudden I, I sensed my, my soul coming back through the top of the house and I could see my bedroom faintly with the light underneath the door. And I came back into my body and I just sat there and I turned the light on next to my bedside and I just was, I was flabbergasted. I, I you know, wished I'd asked Father God questions, but I didn't, it was just something I hadn't expected. It took me all by surprise. And I sat there and in my mind, I thought in my own inner dialogue, I thought, what's the point of all this? I got a second communication. And the communication was, quote unquote, in your lifetime, follow the light, not the darkness. And so I said, oh, okay. And I, I just sat there contemplating on it and, um, that blissful love that I had in the light was gone. And all I felt was this black night of the soul within my heart. And I thought, gee, I don't know how to get that love back into my heart, but I'm gonna seek for it all the rest of my life. And I was just as defiant as I was when I you know, shook my hand at God. But at least I knew that there was a greater power above me. And I knew that I'm more than just a physical body, that we're you know, a soul. So I turned the light out and went to sleep. But what, what I learned was, you know, the words, you know, that say, in your lifetime fall the light, not the darkness. I was merged with the light and I was merged with the darkness. So it wasn't just words, it was an, uh, it was an experience. And so every morning I would wake up thinking, you know, I would have a choice. Every single day is like a, a, a brand new open slate. You know, you can start over again. And at 15, I'm, you know, you, you make, I look now, I'm, I'm almost 70 and I look back and every day I would wake up and think, okay, you know, you have a choice, you know, try to, try to do the best you can. And, and the human body, there's no way that we could ever leave, live a perfect life. We all make mistakes. We all say things that we wished we hadn't said. And being a teenager, I went through all those challenges just like anybody else. Um, so my near-death experience was short, but the lessons I've learned since then have, have really been a beautiful experience. Michelle, thank you for sharing. Has the memory of this experience lessened or faded over the years? Oh, absolutely not. It's when you hear... God's voice, not audibly, but in your own soul. It's branded. It's branded. It's 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 a contract. Whatever he says to you, if he says he's going to to do something, he will do it. Um, and it's just as uh, real today as it was the day. You never forget it. Every morning I wake up, you know, I I was homesick. It's like I I just want to go home. And I've thought that almost every morning of my life. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, I'll never forget it for hopefully for eternity. Yeah, I, I've experienced, I, you know, God has revealed himself to me as, as what the Holy Spirit is. My question was, what was the Holy Spirit? And, and though it was never communicated to me verbally, it was an experience of God's love. And, and to me, to me personally, uh, the Holy Spirit is unconditional love. It's a piece of God's heart that he has placed in each one of our souls. And you can listen to the communication of your heart 
or that piece of God's love uh, throughout your life. Um, we don't always follow it. You know, we'll get those gut feelings that we should go left instead of right. Or, you know, we can listen to that. Our heart is like the aperture of a camera. When you say something loving to somebody, your heart is open and filled with God's love. If you say something that's negative, your heart, the aperture closes and it kind of burns and you realize, oh, why did I say that? You know, I, and uh, so, but I've had, you know, beautiful experiences in that, since that day directed by God and, um, you know, like warnings, uh, premonitions of dreams, you know, uh, even of a car accident. And, and then a month later, I saw that car accident in front of me. And if I hadn't had that dream, I would have been hit and killed. It sounds like you have the gift of premonition after your NDE. Did you get any other gifts? I did. I got the gift of um, mediumship, but not on a daily basis, only when when it was necessary. The, you know, it talks about, uh, I, I'm not a fundamental Christian. I, I've studied many religions throughout the world and I see truth in all of them. In fact, my religion is truly love. It, you know, treat, treat others the way that you would like to be treated. That's, if there is a religion, that would be mine. And it crosses over to all the wonderful religions of the world. And that, you know, but I was, once I was in a, a young adult, I did start going to the Christian church because when you live in the United States, that, that's basically mostly it. So I'll talk about the Christian Bible and the Christian church and Jesus, but I believe that God touches, you know, there's a piece of God with each, each one of our hearts. So it doesn't matter to me what religion you are. God uses and utilizes whatever belief system you're in. But um even as a child, I, I'd like to share something. Uh, as I got older, I asked God, you know, could you, I was told I would write a book, in fact, three books. And um, I didn't want to write a book, but I said, well, Father God, I've never written poetry, but would you help me write my life story in, in poetic form? And um, I, I sat down on the couch and within 12 hours, to, you know, to one to two days, I wrote about 40 poems. Hmm. And I'd like to share at least uh, one. Uh, I was a young teenager. Let me find it here. When, as I started to grow up, I, I was with some children at the lake that I was at and they, um, you know, I kind of kept that in my heart, you know, it, every morning you wake up and, you know, in your lifetime, follow the light, not the darkness. And for me, uh, as a child, I would be in the back seat of the car. My dad was a smoker and I would get secondary smoke. So I didn't like it. And I would have friends that would come for the summer and they had, we were down in the boathouse in the beach and they uh, had taken a pack of their, parents cigarettes they were told they were not not supposed to smoke and I have no problem with smoking I, I'm not saying it's wrong I'm just saying I personally didn't like it and so they were in the boathouse and smoking and I just kind of thought I don't want to do this and and so I just slipped out of the door and left and I was very shy I was never uh you know a smart uh, uh, an extrovert I was more quiet and shy and as I look back at that, I, I'd like to share one of my book that I have of the lessons that God showed me through my life. And this is one of them, it's called Teenagers. And uh, as a young teenager, I was not a leader, but I didn't follow the crowd either. If I saw some people doing things I didn't believe, I quietly walked away from the crowd and I did not partake of their deeds. You don't have to be a leader but you don't have to be a follower either. They may call you names the very next day and refer to you as goody two-shoes, but that's okay. 
because I don't have anything to prove other than to preserve my own person, to make better choices that preserves who I am inside my soul and who I choose to be. So are there, there are times in my life that I watch and observe, but I don't choose to partake of that which I see. I have never been a born leader, but I choose not to be a weak-minded follower either. That's great. And so I'm not going to bore your guests with all of my, my poems, but, um, you know, I talk about the dark night of the soul. I talk about suicides, not the answers. I think we all think that sometime in our life, that this world is pretty hard to live in and you just want to end it. And um, another time I was in, had gone to church and uh, it was Episcopal church, kind of like a Catholic church, except the priest can marry. And I, we were standing up talking about the uh, reading the Apostles' Creed and, and this girl came in and we were sharing the book and she came in late and I scooted over and I let her sit by me. And she says, my aunt has a copy. I think it was in German of the Apostles Creed. And it used to say, I believe in the transmigration of souls instead of I believe in the church. And I said, well, what does that mean? And she said, reincarnation. And I said, oh, I don't believe in that. And I never spoke to her again. And then later in my life, I experienced what they call kundalini or an awakening of your chakra system, you know, the life force energies in your body. And I started remembering my past lives. So, um, you know, there is a, a poem in there about transmigration of, of lives and how we live many lives to learn the lessons that uh, we came. It's like a, a school. I think earth is like a school. And uh, each day is a brand new day. You know, we make mistakes one day. We try to follow the light instead of the darkness. And we fail, get back up and, and try again. And, uh, and then I've also had uh, experiences of being a medium. Uh, the 45 years as a nurse, only three infants spoke to me telepathically from soul to soul. And... One of them was an infant who was full term. It was in it was in the mid 70s. They didn't have the paddles that, or the the way of listening to the contractions in the baby's heartbeat. And the baby was born with a cord around the neck three times and died. And at the time, I wasn't married, didn't have children, so they'd always give me the ch the babies that that had passed away. And uh, so I'm walking, I'd been with the mother and the baby, the baby was in the room with the mother. And I, you know, said, I'm you know, gonna, I'm gonna go to lunch and I'll come back as soon as I'm done with my lunch. Walked out of the room and as I'm walking down the hallway, I hear this communication in the back of my right ear and it said, tell them I really wanted to come. And it was a little female infant and I I said okay it kind of took me aback and I kept walking down the hall to the nurse's lounge and then the same words were spoken the female communication tell them I wanted to come and I said okay I will and I went back to the nurse's lounge and the communication came a third time very loud and it actually hurt my eardrum and I said, okay, as soon as I'm done with my lunch, I will do that. But it was all inner dialogue. And there was one nurse in that room with me. And I looked up because the, the, the communication was so loud, it hurt my eardrum. I thought, did she hear that? And she didn't react. Nothing. So I thought, how am I going to tell this mother <laughs> that her infant spoke to me? And she's going to think I'm crazy. I could lose my job. You know? But I went back and I somehow let her know. I said, I don't know how to tell you this, but this is what I was told. And she actually accepted, uh, here, let me silence this. She actually, actually uh, was blessed by that. And then later in the day, she called me back into the room and her husband was there. And um, 
he wants she wanted me to share with that and what she said she'd had a baby that that same year in January and lost that baby she knew the soul of that baby wanted to come through and so they tried again and then in December of that same year she lost the second baby and she, and she sat there and she says tell her I just I know I I know she wants to be a part of our family but I just can't do it tell her I just can't be pregnant I've been pregnant for two years and lost both babies and I said well you don't have to tell me tell her you know because she was in the room and so um you know every once in a while i'll get these communications and uh and and i knew it wasn't for me michelle what inspires you about your nde obviously i think if god hadn't spoken to me that day i probably would have committed suicide because i grew up when president kennedy had been murdered and you would watch the news and see riots on the college campuses. And I knew that this world was a very unsafe world to be in. And I didn't want to be a part of it. Uh, once he spoke to me, I felt comforted. I felt loved and I felt I had a purpose and I wanted to help people. So I went into nursing and um, it gave me a reason to keep going. And, and, and so, you know, every morning I would think, you know, okay, follow the light, not the darkness. I would, there's no way anybody can live a perfect life, but I would be driving myself to, to, to work. And I would pray, you know, God, I just pray that you'll put me in the right place at the right time, according to your perfect will, that I can be of service to you. And sometimes that was with families who'd lost their child. So I, you know, I had three infants communicate to me in those 45 years. Um, two of them had passed away. One was still alive. And, um, and I would get communications uh, as an LPN, I was a licensed practical nurse, not an RN. So the RN would take care of the mother, I would take care of the baby. And, um, but that's what I would do. I would think, you know, try to do the best you can. But many days I would, I would fail. And I guess, um, you know, the only other poem I would share would be called Crossing Over. Nobody's perfect. You know, be careful what you believe because your soul mind will create, even if you focus on the statues of hate. When you cross over, you can't hide. Better yet, think of shadows dressed in green and a mountainside of beauty filled with pristine. Follow the path to the top of the hill and ask God to meet you regardless still. Review what you've learned, the good and the bad. Sometimes the greatest teachers are the failures we've had. Thank God for the chance to live and to learn, then take God's hand, even if you haven't earned. Greet God with a humble heart. Forgive yourself, knowing that his outstretched hand will give you a new start. Your life is the sum of good and some bad. Celebrate the good and the happy times you've had. Don't beat yourself up inside your mind. You have an eternity to perfect time. And again, I believe in the transmigration of souls and many, there's no way you can learn everything in one lifetime. So don't beat yourself up inside your mind. You have an eternity of, to perfect time. So follow the light. And when you cross over from this world to the next and your soul will be filled with God's loving best for the light that I speak of is blessed with God's love, no matter what you have or have not done. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's easy to, you know, say, you know, listen to God's voice every day and the promptings of God's voice. But, you know, when you, you know, I didn't have a perfect life. I um, got married at the age of 28. At the age of 40, I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old child. And my husband wanted a divorce. And he says, I, I thought I wanted children, but I just can't do this. And he left. And I became a single mother. And... Uh, raised two children by myself. So even though I had this incredible life experience, it, it doesn't it doesn't mean your life is going to be perfect. There's going to be ups and downs. And the anger just consumed me when I realized I was going to be a single mom because I, you know, I didn't 
so my wild oats, like a lot of people do as young people, um, because I had that in my heart, you know, I didn't get into drugs. I didn't, you know, I, I kind of was a good girl. Thank, thank you to the father God, but I still made mistakes. And I can remember going to work and, uh, one of the, uh, charge nurses was a, uh, the wife of a minister Her name was Mary Jane. And, and I said, I'm just so angry. And she says, I said, I'm consumed with anger. And that, loving light in my heart was burning and you know it's hard to keep your heart open to god when your heart is in pain and it's hard you know to forgive and you can carry she says you have to forgive him and i said why and she says you don't do it for his sake you do it for yourself or you're going to be a bitter person as you get older if you carry that pain in your heart for the rest of your life you'll be bitter and i thought okay so i mentally forgave and then I said, okay, life is like the game of chess. You can control the choices you make, but you can't control the other person's choices. But yet they profoundly affect your life. So, I mean, and you would maybe put your head on the pillow at night and cry yourself to sleep. But every day is a brand new day in your lifetime full of the light, not the darkness. Lord, guide me. And, um, you know, I have forgiven. I haven't let that dark pain consume my soul. And uh, I still have had a beautiful life. Do you think that the lesson you were supposed to learn this life was living as a single mother? You know, I think so. Uh, I think so. I think I, you know, I do believe in pre-existence. I believe that we choose our lives. We choose our families that we're going to be born in. Uh, I, be, I think my lessons were to become um, responsible. You know, all of a sudden I had to pay all the bills and take, had to be the patriarch and the matriarch of my family. And uh, I experienced abandonment. And, uh, you know, uh, of course there was another woman involved and all that. Uh, and he went his merry way, but, um, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't pity myself because I think maybe in a past life I had abandoned a, a family of my own. So, and I, and I don't feel cheated in this life because if there's many lives, I don't have to learn everything in one lifetime. And maybe in the next life, I'll have a, you know, a wonderful marriage and a wonderful partner. I never remarried. I've been alone for 20 years. 25 years, um, never had the courage to try that again, um, become a very strong person. And I, again, I do believe in, I started, uh, I experienced Kundalini when I was 30. My um, past lives came to mind and, and I started realizing that God's love is in all of us, no matter what religion you are. For people who are grieving due to the loss of someone they love, what kind of advice do you have for them? That consuming pain of losing a child, uh, losing an infant is just incredible. I can remember going back into that room where the infant had died as a stillborn and, and we just cried together. Uh, and you, you never forget that pain in your heart of, a, of losing a child. Um, so I, I've never had to deal with that personally, uh, but not to let your the heart, not to let your heart heart center become bitter. You know why God did this happen to me? Um, why did this happen to me? And 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 you know a pity party. You know it's okay to be there. It's okay to grieve. That's part of grieving. No matter. And I grieved of being a single mother. You know the death of a white picket fence and a beautiful family with children and support. So I went through a grieving like that too. But like Mary Jane had said, you can't hold on to that forever. You know, you can't hold on to that, that pain forever. And, and I just, to leave that pain on God's at the feet of, of, of father, God, Jesus, um, you know, Muhammad, whoever you seek, 
put that pain there and say, Father, please help me get through this. And I can remember sitting in church one day having a broken heart. And I said, Father, with, you know, 20 years later after the marriage had broken up, I said, I still have a broken heart. The abandonment, the rejection. And in my inner soul, he said, I will heal you. And I felt his presence come behind my back. And like he wrapped his arms around me like a warm blanket. And he promised me he would heal my heart. And he did. I don't feel sorry for myself. I don't pity myself. You know, I, the ups and downs that we have in our life, uh, you, you know, you just have to release them and let go and just say, I forgive in your mental thought and father, please just make my heart whole, help heal my heart that I still can be a loving person and not be bitter. What other extraordinary events or things happen to you in your life that you think is a result of your NDE? Well, I had spontaneous mediumship. I've shared with people. I've uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It, it it talks about in the in the Christian Bible, and they would occur throughout my lifetime, depending on what the need was, whether it was to a family who'd lost a baby, or if I was passing instruments for a C-section, which I did quite a bit. Uh, you know, he's going to need this next and his back was to me I couldn't see what he was doing and I'd have the instrument in my hand you know so I've had the mediumship um, I've had interesting communications um, that didn't come from me but uh, you know we're more than just a body you know there there is more to life than than uh, everything else and and not to give up you know um, you know, uh, like I said, we all think about, well, transmigration of souls. What is transmigration of souls? It's the steps of Jacob's ladder, the metamorphosis, metamorphosis of old. It's an old soul experiencing life once again, an incarnation of new birth and new life to begin. It's a second chance to set things straight, to make wrong and to right of past failings and hate. It's a step up the ladder towards a better way of life to return and make things right with a new insight. It's a chance to start over with a clean slate you see. It's our soul's evolution, evolution to become all that we can be. One life is not enough to learn that all that we need. It takes many lives to become star seeds. So I just don't believe in one life and you go to heaven or hell, you know? So this is a school Every day, there's a war inside of us, whether to, to follow the light of the situation or the dark. And um, so, you know, we all struggle with that. Some of your beliefs are not what traditional Christianity teaches. How do you Correct. reconcile that? You know, you go back into history. And I, I've studied a lot of religions. You go back to Constantine accepted Christianity. When he died, the emperor Justinian took over. And in 525 AD, look up the emperor, Roman emperor Justinian. He wanted to make state and church as one. And his wife didn't want to believe in reincarnation. So history was changed. And a lot, I'm not saying that the scripture isn't accurate. I'm saying that a lot of Bible scriptures were taken out of the Bible, manipulated. You've got the Apocrypha, you've got the Nag Hammadi scriptures, you've got the Book of Enoch, uh, you've got, um, there's another one I can't think of. There was scriptures that were taken out when they put the New Testament together. And, uh, you know, and then the Old Testament was Jehovah, which was a whole different ball game than, than Jesus, the father of Jesus is this loving, unconditional loving father. So um, in 525 AD, scripture was changed, or at least if not changed, taken out. And so, uh, I don't believe everything in the Bible is there. I think uh, there's a lot of truth out there that we we can look at. 
Before we started recording, you mentioned to me that you have seen a UFO. Do you think seeing that is a result also of your NDE? I do. Um, and, and I don't mind sharing it. I'm very open-minded. I'm an Aquarian, uh, born in February, and, and one of the attributes of the Aquarians is very far-reaching. And, and I'm not a big believer in uh, astrology or ast astrology, but uh, but that is one of the that one of the Aquarians are very far-reaching, and uh, so I've studied a lot of religious stuff, and I in my seeking if there is a God. In fact, um, one night I was in the kitchen and uh, after work, I was doing the dishes and my children were about age six and age eight. And they were playing and I, I got this communication that said, get in the car, go up on the hill and park and overlook the cities, the lights of the city. And when you look up, you'll see a UFO. And I thought, what? Where'd that come from? And I thought, hmm. I'm going to just, I can ignore that or I can see if it's true or not. And I was curious. So I thought, I said, within a split second, it's, you know, it said, hurry, hurry. And I, I said, kids, let's get in the car. We got to go in the car really quick. And they, I said, we got to go. And, and we, I get in the car, I drove up on the top of the hill and I looked up and on the other side, I'm on this top of this hill and, on, and there's a 405 is highway is right in front of me. And on the other side of that was the Boeing, um, manufacturing plant for airplanes and we looked up and there was a black helicopter right it was dark out right over four or five but next to it it was escorting a a triangular shaped ship uh ship and there was no sound from it there was no you could hear it see the 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 the, the noise of the helicopter, but this triangular sh uh, shaped uh, UFO was kind of hovering and moving slowly right by it. And my son to this day remembers that. And we get out of the car and look up and there it is. I mean, we're very close to it because we're on a very high hill. And that ship I knew at the time was uh, manufactured by Boeing because we'd gone to an air show. Uh, my husband at the time was um, worked at Boeing and we had seen what they call that uh, black, it's called the black, uh, it's a spy plane. It looks, it looks kind of like a pointed black, like a black fly, you know, with a pointed nose and, and, and it comes back kind of like, like a triangle and it would go straight up instead of taking off and go up in the sky and it hovered like a, a helicopter. And so when I saw that triangular shaped ship, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that spy plane, but it was, it looked like a, you know, a flat UFO. And if you look up on the internet and look up TR3B, it's T is and Tom, TR3B, and it's an anti, uh, anti-gravitational uh, ship and it's it's one of ours and so that was in 1998 and uh, you know we've had technology of that I believe for a very long time so not I don't believe it it's an unidentified I think it's one of those aerial <laughs> military after watching this podcast people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions are you open to that I do have a book. Um, it's called Overcoming. The, I was asked to write three books. I've written two, but the first one is no longer available. Um, it's called uh, Overcoming the Curveballs of Life. And it talks about my uh, OB experience, my, uh, you know, my out-of-body experience uh, by Michelle Peterson. It's S-E-N, not O-N. Um, I am on Facebook, but I don't put my picture there, but I am on Facebook. It's, um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, uh, mostly what I shared, if they have any questions would be in that book. And it's on Amazon and it's on Barnes and Nobles. Michelle, before we finish up, 
Can you leave us with one last positive message? Yes. In your lifetime, follow the light, not the darkness. Try to do the best you can. And then if you if you do make a mistake, learn from it. And, you know, do what you have to do to correct it, whether it's just a prayer or... Um, you know, every every day is a brand new day. The sun always rises. It's a clean slate. You start all over again. And then at the end of your life and you're looking back and you think, gee, I wish life would have been kinder to me or I wish I hadn't said that. You know, words do hurt more than sticks and stones and they can cause years of sorrow when you say something to hurt somebody else. You, you know, I wish I hadn't said that, but, you know, splat, it went on the ground. It was there. You can't take your words back. So those are some of the things in my book, but, you know, you just, you know, have to face, you do the best you can. And at the end, thank God for the, the chance to learn those lessons. Cause we learn more from our mistakes than we do. If we were to live a perfect life, there wouldn't be any lessons would there. <clears throat> so don't give up on yourself. Keep, keep going. Even if you go through the dark night of the soul, kind and your heart is filled with darkness uh, and you just think i can't go on living just wait a few days because that darkness will go away the sun will rise even within your own soul and give god a chance to show you that um you know if, if the door is closed there's a window that's going to open and give give you know ask god where do i go next and and let him you know the answers will come whether it's from a friend who will call you on the phone and say you know the download of information will come. God will get his message to you. It may not be a, a, an audible voice in your inner dialogue, but he'll place something in your pathway to help you know what to do next. If you give him a chance, don't give up. <laughs> There's many second chances in life. Michelle, thank you for that message. And thank you for being my guest. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.